All right, everybody, welcome to BO Boys for Thursday, February 25th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Pat, I don't know, you know, we really peaked with our tribute last week to the Worth Grandpa. I don't know. Do you think we can do it again? Do you think we could top it? I mean, when you say peak, I think we don't peak in the way that most people, most entities peak. You know, when 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 you say something peaks, like a show is peaked, that usually means that's the highest it goes and then it goes down afterwards. I feel like when the BO boys peak, they created they create a new uh bottom for themselves. So we peak and then we go to the next peak. But we create these peaks along the way. So we're creating a mountain range is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. It's a hilly, mountainous terrain that, you know, we talk a lot about a big segment of our fans are the plain billies. So I hope they are able to deal with all these peaks. You know, they're usually dealing with just nothing but uh, flatness, dirt, you know, level dirt. And to be part of the B.O. Boys uh, experience, you have to be ready to deal with some peaks. So last week was a peak. This week will be another peak. Next week, guess what? We're peaking. So it's a grueling journey for our listeners, but it's a worthwhile one. Of course. So, speaking of big rocks, <laughs> let's talk mm-hmm. about this top five. And uh, I was alluding to the Crudes, a new age. The Crudes, a new age. So, last week I gave this short shrift because it was the War with Grandpa celebration episode. And I really wanted to blow through the top five. I didn't want to talk about it that much. So I kind of force us to ignore the incredible story of the Crudes, a new age working its way back to number one. So it did that last week and it stayed. This is an example. The Crudes are like the BO boys. They peak and then they create new mm-hmm. peaks. The Crudes don't peak and then go down, go away. The Crudes peak and then they peak again. And this week, they peaked again. They're number one yeah, again. Yeah, the Crude's a new age in its 13th week of release. Made $1.7 down only 17%. It's still in 1,900 theaters. It added 23 theaters. And it has a total gross of $50.8 million. Now, here's the thing. This mm-hmm. movie has a good shot at taking down Tenet. Yep. Which was for a while the highest grossing film of the pandemic. What did Tenet end up getting to? It didn't hit 60, right? Tenet, I'll look it up real quick. I believe it was 57. At like 55. Yeah. Did you, are you looking it up Uh, right now? I'm uh, looking for it. I'm looking for it. It's, you know, it's it's not it's not just right there, unfortunately, because um, they say it made two. It made three hundred sixty million no. worldwide. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of funny money going yeah. on there. Um, 
you you it made 58 million oh no second week Just talk about something real talk about the crudes while i look well up the so the thing with here. the crudes that's pretty impressive too is that it's got a high per theater average too it's it's almost 900 dollars per theater which i mean that might not sound impressive but we're talking about 25 percent capacity we're talking about major markets not being open and open and the next closest theater average is 500 bucks so this movie's doing Mm -hmm. very well so it tenant totaled out domestically at 57.9 million so the crudes has to hit like 58 million dollars so it is it's possible you know it's about eight million and change away and it made 1.7 million last week so that is doable and might happen in the next two months. Obviously, there's big news, you know, just to get wet everyone's lips a little bit here. Big, big movie theater opening news that we're going to be talking about a little bit that may help the crudes get to that, you know, uh, $59 million total, or it might it might hurt it. We'll, we'll see. But yeah, they're the crudes. What do you think? Do you think the crudes is going to end up surpassing tenants, domestic total box office? Well, it would, it would take about eight weeks, right? And if that's, if the crudes stays pretty consistent, I mean, it made 1.7 last week. So, you know, if it, if it stays above one to 1.5 for a few weeks, I mean, it could do it in like six weeks. It is could but we're happen. looking at this release schedule and this Friday we have Tom and Jerry coming out, which is a kid's movie. Now we'll right. get into this when we, you know, guesstimate, not guesstimate when we make our predictions on what Tom and right. Jerry's going to make. But again, this is a Warner brothers day and date HBO max release. So it's theatrical plus HBO max. So that's going to maybe do something. Also, Tom and Jerry is an IP. I don't know if kids even give two shits. One for Tom and one for Jerry. I mean, do we want to talk Tom and Jerry right now? Do we want to talk Tom and Jerry right now? Because, I mean, I think Tom and Jerry is a is a worthless okay. IP. Well, let's get through this. Let's rip through this top five before we talk okay, about how worthless it. Tom and Jerry are. Okay, got it. So number two. The Little Things made $1.2 mm-hmm. million, dollars, down 41%, losing theaters. It's at about 2,000 theaters. It lost 29. It's at $11.7 million in its fourth weekend. Now, this is interesting because this film came out before the number three film, which actually just came mm-hmm. out last week, Judas and the Black Messiah, another Warner Brothers film, because Little Things... Denzel, Leto, Mr. Robot, that film. And it bounced back Mm -hmm. and overtook Judas and the Black Messiah, which only made $900,000, down 56%. It's made $3.3 million. Judas and the Black Messiah is an Oscar play anyway, but this... I we both agree, and we talked about this uh, before the show. This is a movie that would have done poorly, pandemic or no pandemic, and it is doing poorly right now. 
Yeah, I mean, Judas and the Black Messiah is a movie I liked, but it is a movie that, you know, if I'm being honest, and I'm always being honest with with our audience, I'm always being honest with the Plain Billies and uh, the Stax Dwellers and the Earth Dogs. If I'm being honest with them, Judas and the Black Messiah is a bomb. Mm -hmm. You know, even in, by pandemic standards, that movie underperformed $3.3 million total after two uh, weekends. Or, I'm sorry, after three weekends it's been open now. No, this is the second weekend. That This is the second weekend. Weekend okay. of February 19th that is its second weekend. So that is, yeah, that's that's a bomb. That's like around where a lot of these movies open at. And that's where it's at after two weeks. So that that is a pandemic bomb. Um, and, you know, it's just a matter of the actors in that are great, but they're not movie stars. And what we're seeing in this pandemic is people are gravitating towards the familiar, towards the movie stars. So obviously Denzel doing well. You know, Liam Neeson has had some movies that have stayed up there. Obviously Robert De Niro. But Judas and the Black Messiah doesn't have that iconic movie star that's really going to get people to go out to a theater in the It's pandemic. got great actors, but it doesn't have movie stars. And that's, yes. that's what's going to draw people out. Yeah. So number four, another Warner Brothers movie, Wonder Woman mm-hmm. 1984 made $800,000, down 29%. It is losing theaters, lost 37 theaters. It's in about 1,600 theaters. It's at $42.7 million in its ninth week. I mean, this is a bomb, too. And it's a bomb financially, but also culturally. Yeah, it's, you know, it is interesting. When Wonder Woman came out, they immediately announced the the sequel to it, you know, the part three. And obviously you cannot hold pandemic box office against these movies, but I do wonder if the performance of this movie does change the math on them actually following through and making part three, you know, it's because it's the type of franchise where you're spending $200 million to make these films, these wonder woman movies. Are you really going to green light another wonder woman movie at that kind of budget after this one has underperformed to this level? And it's, Again, I know it's a pandemic, but I kind of feel like this movie may have done worse both in views on HBO and at the box office than they were expecting. Yeah, it's 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 hard to make a read on this now. But if I was Patty Jenkins, I'd be pissed because it really did. And I know we disagreed on this, but I'm coming around to your side on this, that I do think it devalued this IP. And I don't think it's going to be able to recover. So there may be a Wonder Woman 3 down the line, but think about it. 
two, three years from now, you're going to have the woman playing Wonder Woman. Who knows where she's in in her career at that point? You know, mm-hmm. she she was hot for a little bit, and now who knows? She could be on the you know her her career could be on its last legs at that point. We don't know. She hasn't really been able to parlay Wonder Woman into anything else substantial. Well, I mean, that's the thing with Gal Gadot is that her, she is Wonder and that's Woman. It. And so when she does a Wonder Woman movie that is a bomb, it really affects her stardom or her perceived stardom because she's not in other movies that mm-hmm. are hits. So it's, I don't know. I mean, listen, we're going to talk about it. I'm chomping at the bits to talk about our big story, but it, it is, like I said, Wonder Woman should have just waited, saw that light at the end of the tunnel and just opened up uh, when when things are normal. And I think the, the box office total that we're seeing, I think that proves me right that it should have waited. Yeah. Or it should have been in the tenant spot. But, or it should have been in the tenant spot. I definitely yeah. think that that's, that's the only two options that would have made sense. Now, number yeah. five, The Marksman, made $781,000, down 29% in about... See, it, so it's down the same amount of percent as Wonder Woman 1984, and it's in almost exactly the same amount of theaters, about 1,600. Mm-hmm. Just hemorrhaging theaters at this point, 182, losing 182 this weekend, at $11.4 mm-hmm. in its sixth week... So, the little things has overtaken it, which was something that we have ta- we talked about before in its fourth week. So, yeah, Denzel is is you know not to pit oldsters against oldsters, but Denzel is trouncing this guy. Yes, and but still, Liam Neeson holding it down in the top five, and he's been. I don't think this movie's been out of the top five in the whole six weeks that it's been out. No, I mean, it's, you know, it's like what we said, he's a known quantity. And right now, if people are going to go out to the movies, they want to see familiar faces. They want to see stars. So Liam Neeson is not Denzel, but he's that next level where you get you you know what you're going to get out of Liam Neeson. So before we go into the big news, because I know you said you even said it's from the horse's mouth. You said you're chomping at, at the bed. Mm-hmm. Up one spot from last weekend. Yep. From 10 to 9, The War with Grandpa made $233,000, up 22%. Wow. Has added 128 theaters to bring its count wow. back up to 653 theaters. It now stands in its 20th week at $20.3 million. The interesting thing also about this film is its Mm -hmm. per screen average is $357, which is more than the movie that is ahead of it, News of the World. Mm-hmm. And doing close to the same amount of business as some movies that are in twice the amount of theaters. 
Oh, it, I mean, the war with grandpa is a phenomenon. And I think it is clear now that the moment we created last week around the war with grandpa, having the big celebration episode, making sure that it hitting the $20 million mark did not go uh, uh, without fanfare. I think it is clear now that that spurred on additional business last weekend because you look at this top 10, nothing is adding theaters. Nothing is, is, is making more in a weekend than it did the weekend before, except the war with grandpa. And what, what else changed last week other than us drumming up this, uh, uh, th- this huge cultural moment around that movie? You know, because it's obviously the B.O. Boys podcast has never been bigger now than it, than it ever has been before. There was a lot of excitement online around that episode, a lot of chatter on Twitter about us doing this big episode, a lot of people sending in claps and applause. And that kind of word of mouth spreads and that kind of excitement spreads, especially in times like these where everyone is in a bad way and we're all been stuck indoors for a year and depression could set in. And when you find something like the excitement that the B.O. boys and the wanna B.O. boys and the wanna B.O. girls and the wanna B.O. people had around the war with grandpa last weekend, you want to be a part of it. And I think that excitement spread to the box office last week. And I, I think that's it's undeniable. And it's, you know, it's contagious. And in, in this climate, saying something's contagious usually means that it's bad. But this is one of those positive yes. contagions. And yep. the B.O. Yep. bump, the B.O. boys bump is a real thing. And we're seeing it. The B.O. boys bump will give you at least 22% more B.O. Plus mm-hmm. nearly 130 theaters. And you know what's interesting looking yeah. at this? Because we've mm-hmm. got the Marksman hemorrhaging theaters lost 182. And, you know, oldster, Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it. We talked about him being an oldster. I talked to Bobby D himself in the previous episode, comparing them, talking about oldsters. He was, he was great. great. He got a little offended. Great, but, you know, way. he came yeah. around after, uh, you know, he knew that I was... Yeah saying it in a fond way i was i respect my elders unlike a lot of western society but mm-hmm. the worth grandpa snatched up a bunch of those theaters showing that de niro's still the big dog yes yeah i mean his appearance on last week's bo boys is that type of buzzworthy event you know it is uh, uh, Drew Barrymore f- flashing on Letterman back in the day. You know, it's one of those moments on a show, on a talk show that becomes iconic. And I do think it's clear the celebration episode, Robert De Niro's uh, appearance on that episode, that created additional buzz for this movie. I mean, is this is a war with grandpa going to continue to gain theaters and raise its box office week to week? Is that what we're kind of expecting now? I mean, it, the thing it's, is, is we it's having right a moment. now we're seeing two things roll the roost oldsters and youngsters. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. And that movie is both. Right. And truly nothing in between. So we're going to get to, Mm -hmm. and the Croods are technically oldsters because they're cavemen. Yep. Yeah. So they're not, uh, they're not old at the moment, but they are in retrospect old. So it'll be right. They're they're older than grandpa. Now it's going to be interesting when we talk about Tom and Jerry, because I know you, you want to really slam those two. They're old too. Yeah, but they are the wrong kind of old. So are we getting into that? Is that is anything else opening this weekend? The Tom and Jerry movie is is opening unopposed, it looks like. As it far is as- running unopposed with anything that is going wide. Nothing else is going wide. Everything else is limited or gotcha. you know, going to a streamer. So this Tom and Jerry movie. I think is going to be another by pandemic standards, even disaster disaster. I mean, do you, this is clearly a kid's play. And as we've talked about, like kids stuff are one of the few things that have really been hitting big in the pandemic. But Tom and Jerry is such a worthless IP to a child right Mm -hmm. now. Like, I think it is, Tom and Jerry is one of those things that is possibly like so old, it's frightening if you're a child. Oh, it it terrifies you like a cave, like looking into a, a cave that what could be sleeping, what old ancient beast could be sleeping in there. Right, right. Like you expect the Tom and Jerry to be, yeah, to cast a spell on you. I mean, it is like Tom and Jerry is one of those IPs that I think even a child, it makes them feel their mortality. You know, that it is just so of another time and so out of place that like the thing is, it's not even a property that the parents of today are nostalgic for. Yes. Like if you are a parent now, you are between late 20s, early 40s, whatever, parent of a young child, that's a general range, 25 to 45. And at that high end, 45, you didn't grow up with Tom and Jerry. I grew up with Tom and Jerry. Your parent. Yeah, but you also you're you grew up in the stacks. There you grew up with more limited viewing. I had the options same channels as you did than most. Then I mean, most. I didn't have the Robin Bird show, but other than that, I had pretty much the same channels. But Tom and Jerry is is even for that age group is such a B. It's not property. Looney Tunes. I get what you're saying. It's it's exactly. not Looney Tunes. It's not Tom Looney and Jerry Tunes. is like Chili Willy, Woody Woodpecker. I'll watch yes, it because there's nothing else exactly. on and it's a cartoon. Exactly. It's Woody Woodpecker. And I mean, I just feel like Tom and Jerry, the the most people would know about Tom and Jerry is, is the itchy and scratchy parody of it on The Simpsons. Like... Like people would be like, is this an itchy and scratchy thing? And then you're like, no, actually they were making fun of this because this was so old then. 
And The Simpsons is so old. It's just, it's so old. Yeah, so. It's so, so old. Just quickly, let's flash back to Tom and Jerry's other theatrical release from uh, Tom and Jerry, the movie from 1993, Mm -hmm. produced by, released by Merrimax. Oh, wow. So. God, that must have been such a, a scuzzy yes. affair. Were they were Tom and Jerry uh, hitmen like pop culture quoting hitmen? I th- in that I, movie? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. But I mean, did Tom and Jerry know? Is all I need to all I'm going to ask, right? How much did Tom mm-hmm. know? How much did Jerry know? I don't feel like there's any of those questions on this uh, on this promotional tour. But. The movie made domestically three point five million dollars and did this total. Total and did the same worldwide because it, I don't think it really got released worldwide. Now we don't do adjusted for inflation because that's some horseshit. But even adjusted for inflation, this movie only made seven point eight million dollars. Yeah, and that is nineteen ninety two. Ninety three. When the younger audience ninety three is so much more familiar with Tom and Jerry at that time. Because 1993 is an audience where Tom and Jerry cartoons are airing on Saturday mornings, where their parents are full-on Tom and Jerry maniacs. You know, the people who would be grandparents now are, are, are the parents of that era, so they would have been super into Tom and Jerry and, like, were probably begging their children, let me take you to this Miramax produced Tom and Jerry movie. Yeah, Tom and Jerry finally and in good hands. The kids we still know did. that. Right. We could trust the people who run yeah. Miramax. Um, that's what they would have been saying then. Right. Because if you're a someone in your 20s or 30s, a young parent in 1993, those are like your two favorite things coming together because you're like Miramax. The studio that brings me, you know, uh, uh, all my favorite cool like indie Priest. movies. They just brought me right, right. I just saw Priest, and they showed the trailer for Tom and Jerry before it, and now I gotta come back here with my kids to see this. And the kids then did not want Tom and Jerry. Yes. So now you're looking at the kids who rejected Tom and Jerry in 1993 are the parents of today. So their main memory of Tom and Jerry is actively saying in 1993, no, you cannot take me to see this, Dad. I don't want Tom and I'm Jerry. I'm watching Eek the Cat. Yep. Yeah. I, I want to see Rugrats mm, Yeah, movie. that's big. So. So y- you have like a, a, a generation now who are not just like. Forgetting Tom and Jerry, the only thing they remember about it was that they rejected it 20 years yeah. ago. Yeah. So uh, you, okay. You don't think that there's any interest in Chloe Grace Moretz, who is the human star, or a recently no married Colin Jost? I think there is. Negative interest in Colin Jost. He will keep people away. Like, I do think so. I think 
for the people that are aware he's in it, it is a it is a net negative where they're like, I get enough of him already. And I watched Staten Island Summer on Netflix four years ago. That was the one shot I'm giving him at being a movie personality. So I think he's a net negative. I think Chloe Grace Moretz is just a big zero at this point in terms of box office appeal. Because, I mean, what are her hits even? Like, the kick-ass movies are not hits. And her Carrie reboot was a bomb. Like, she seems like, as a star, someone who is kind of on their last gasp of being in these type of movies. I guess she... She voiced Wednesday Adams in that cartoon Adams Family, which was a was a big hit. That's probably like the biggest hit that she has on yeah, her ledger. That's getting a sequel. Um, but as far as like someone in front of the camera, it's like she was the star of I Love You Daddy, which I don't think made a big impact at the box office. So I I think that their cast is a is a total is a pretty much a net negative. It's like Tom's a negative, Jerry's a big negative, Chloe Grace Moretz is a push to a negative, and Colin Jost is a big negative. Yeah, so this isn't gonna bring in the parents or the kids, but I mean it is you know, it is cartoons. I, I, I it's like part cartoon. It's not even all cartoon. It's like live action Colin Jost and then cartoons that people are are scared of because it makes them feel old. So do you think, okay, here's the question. Does this topple the Croods? Yeah. Because the Croods is at 1.7 million oh. this weekend. Is, is there a possibility right. that Tom and Jerry doesn't even make that? I gotta say You're gonna under. Say I gotta under. Say, I think I say under. I think this Tom and Jerry movie is is a. I think we're looking at the pandemic version of Playmobil. Wow. I think we're looking at a kids property where the kids band together and they say no. They say, not this time, not us, not Tom, not Jerry, not Colin Jost. So you, so when Judas and the Black Messiah came out last weekend, mm-hmm. it made yeah. $2 million. Two weeks ago. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, we're talking about this past weekend, so the weekend yeah. before that. Okay. Judas and Black Messiah made $2 million. Mm-hmm. So you think two Black Panthers, the right. radical '60s group, the they're gonna do better at the theater than Tom and Jerry? Yes, a, a mouse and a, a cat. I think that the Black Panthers brand has been kept in the pop culture eye and in the consciousness way more effectively than Tom and Jerry have. I mean, you just had Trial of the Chicago 7, which 
had some Black Panthers branding in it, had, you know, uh, reminded people of that era, of that story. You know, when is the last time there's been a movie that has even been Tom and Jerry adjacent? You know, that brand, that is a dead IP. So yeah, if you're, if you're comparing IPs, Tom and Jerry is, has been preserved much worse and is much less in the public consciousness. Man, so you. And Tom and Jerry is one of those properties that like, I feel like if you quizzed people, they would say, was that the first cartoon? Isn't that, they made that in like 1907. Like it ju- it feels ancient. And I ancient. also wonder whether kids would know which one is Tom and which one is Jerry. No way. I think if you quizzed 4,000 That's a lot. Kids, Why don't we do 100? Okay. You've, I mean, I, I would want like a sample size that, that re, you know, really get you uh, something accurate. But sure, 100 kids. If you quizzed 100 kids and said – which one is Tom? Which one is Jerry? I think that eighty percent of them would get it wrong, and they would, and, and and that would be the people who even know who Tom and Jerry are. Like, there's going to be a high percentage right. of kids that are I don't even know what you're asking me. Well, if you just if you didn't give them the names Tom and Jerry, and you just showed them the pictures. And you said, who are they? Who are they? What are they? Give them names. I think you would get 100 kids who came up with names. Well, that's that a are leading question. That's a bad. I don't think. Th- see, that's that's not a good survey because that's you just a show bad them that- leading question. Give them names. You don't tell kids no, to give them names. No, no. Well, what are their names? You show them a picture of, of Tom and Jerry and you say, what are their names? They have names. What are their names? No one would say Tom and Jerry. I don't think a hundred kids, I don't think one kid would get that right. I think right. You, you give them a picture of Tom and Jerry and you say, which one is Tom and which one is Jerry? I mean, that's so they would have a 50-50 chance of just guessing And I still think correct. that uh, uh, over 50% would get it wrong. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think we're we're getting at this the the point of it is a worthless IP. It is starting to be clear that the Warner Media moving all of their 2021 slate to HBO Max day and date, it's starting to feel like they knew they had a slate of stinkers on their hands. I mean, again, I I really liked Judas and the Black Messiah. But I do think that movie wouldn't have done well in a purely theatrical release, even in, you know, normal times. And then you got a bunch of stuff that that is just flat out stunk. And Tom and Jerry just that feels like a total dump. Yeah. Yeah. So we've been talking a lot about Tom and Jerry. I am going to say it does not overtake the crudes. I think it may I think it opens at under 1.5 million dollars. And I think the crudes opens a little higher. 
So what do uh, you think? Is it do you think Tom and Jerry by default is going to end up number I one? I think uh, I think by default. I just I I just feel like it's one of those things that parents are so desperate. They're so desperate to go to take their kids places that I yeah. I think that they'll they'll say this is the only time a Tom and Jerry movie would make any sort of money. Now, here's the question. Does it make more than it did mm-hmm. in 1993? No. You don't, I don't think, think it so. makes three well, million dollars uh, eventually. It would have to make four million dollars. I mean, the thing the thing is nowadays it might be able to because it might just be kept in theaters for a really long time. In in a way that a Tom and Jerry movie in 1993 opened poorly, probably got one more weekend, and then Miramax yanked it. Yes. And Tom and Jerry might just be able to sit in a bunch of theaters for the next three months. But you know what? I, I gotta I gotta stand strong in my convictions. I think this Tom and Jerry makes less than the 1993 version. Okay, so we have two bets going on right now. Whether or not it's yep. going to be number one, because it would, if number it made one. anything mm-hmm. over two or 1.5, realistically, it's going to go to number one. I say it does. You say it right. doesn't. I'll say it doesn't. Yeah. We got to keep it interesting. You, but, and you don't think it'll make the same amount of money or more than the Tom and Jerry movie from 1993 released by Miramax. I do not. I got to go, it will go over. on that. So I'm I bullish think, on Tom and Jerry. You are. But you're, you're, I mean, you're so incredibly I negative about it. Difference. I don't think I'm actually being bullish. I think I'm not saying it's going to make five million. I'm not saying it's going to make even four point five million. I'm saying it's probably going to make, you know, three point nine or something. Yeah. I mean, I think it's we do have different backgrounds you had less channels so tom and jerry was more of a constant for you and maybe that's what i'm overlooking i'm overlooking the you know the 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 people who didn't grow up coastal elites with a plethora of channels and for those people tom and jerry was the thing that got them through the day. I mean, let's be honest. You, you had a legal cable box. You know, I mean, I think Statue of Limitations is over at this point. But, I mean, my parents were law-abiding is all I'm saying. There, I'll admit nothing. There is talk that I did have a legal cable uh, at some point in my past. And if that is true, if I did it, here is how I watched things other than Tom and Jerry. Whereas you, yes, you, you had less options. So Tom and Jerry was uh, a bigger presence in your childhood. And maybe, uh, yeah, maybe I'm overlooking those people who had less channels and they'll come out for this Tom and Jerry, but I don't think we'll so. See. Were there enough of us? We'll see. So can we talk about the huge news? Well, yes. Let's talk about the huge news. We teased it. 
this is huge, I think. I mean, it's not I think, it is. It is huge. So the big news is that movie theaters have been given a green light to reopen in New York State and, more importantly, New York City. So March 5th, movie theaters are allowed to reopen at 25% capacity per the governor, Andrew Cuomo. So he sent out a, he, he's, he said it, it's happening. So I do think that there were theaters open in New York state, correct? This is more just focused on New York city. Um, there were, yeah, I, you know, I, yeah, I guess there were some theaters open in New York state, but not all the chains did. Yeah. I mean, the big news is that New York city so we're talking the AMC's, the uh, Regals will be able to open up. There are all of them. The Nighthawks, you would think. You know, it's 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 happening. I mean, that has been a big problem for all these movies that have opened up, you know, since movies sort of came back in September, is that New York City never opened mm-hmm. up their movie theaters. And of course, New York City is the most important place in the world and the most important movie-going city in the yeah, world. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, speaking of Judas and the Black Messiah, now we both think that that movie wouldn't have done well in a wide release anyway, but in normal times, this is a movie that it opens in New York and L.A. and makes a good amount of money. Yep. I mean, it, Judas and Black Messiah could make the what it made now in just limited release. If New York yes. and L.A. is yes. open. That, and so this is big in a lot of ways. So I think this, A, we got to talk about in terms of the the sort of long term, what this means for the movie slate, I think, especially from like May sign. on. It's a big positive sign. And in the meantime, like, you know, March and April does this additional, you know, all of these uh, theaters that are opening in New York City, is that going to give a huge boost to the movies that are currently out now? Like, are we going to see a big surge for anything that is like currently in this top 10? You know, because if March 5th, New York City theaters open at 25% capacity, you kind of assume that that capacity allowance is going to increase over the weeks and month ahead. So like New York is really going to be able to drum up a lot of ticket sales towards the end of March and April. So, I mean, is anything in this that's currently out, is it going to get huge upswings? I I think Judas and the Black Messiah, if it holds on, could because New York, you know, it'll be an awards movie. That's the type of thing, yeah, that does really well in the But in the here's big the cities. issue with that, is that, mm-hmm. so screeners have already been out for a long time for a lot of the right. different organizations that vote. So that's a that's an awards movie. People have that either as a, a, a streaming option or a disc. 
And it's on HBO Max. So if you're in the cosmopolitan area that is New York City, you have HBO Max. Right. If you're going to have HBO Max, you've seen this film. So it's true. It's true. It's like the 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 plain billies, the earth dogs, the stacks dwellers. They're the ones who maybe don't have HBO Max and had to go see it in the theaters. Now, this was actually a big deal with a film that is not showing up in this top 10 or mm-hmm. on the charts at all because Nomadland is a film that is in theaters. It was actually in IMAXs for a while, but okay. it opened recently in theaters last weekend in theaters and on Hulu. And they are not, mm. the company behind it are not saying how much the movie has made in theaters. Although the estimation is around 600000 since its release. Mm-hmm. And the reason mm-hmm. they're doing it is because you don't have New York and L.A. open, which is a hotspot for this type of movie. And so the mm-hmm. box office is going to look bad. So therefore, it's going to seem like this movie isn't good because we all know how do you measure a quality of a movie box office? I mean, not completely, right. not fully, but predominantly. So this is a searchlight picture and they are withholding any sort of box office information from the numbers, box office mojo, et cetera, et cetera. So that is one of the, that's a good thing for movies like Nomadland if New York opens. But all these movies are already available, most of them anyway. So it's not like we're really going to see anything succeed on that level, art house wise, because of New York at the moment. Yeah. I mean, Nomadland, I think it's just a non-starter when it comes to box office new york la whatever i think that movie doesn't really matter and isn't going to um i mean looking at the top 10 not to keep only talk about war with grandpa but i do think that's a movie that new york has not been able to see it you know i guess they could order it on pvod but it's not been on a streamer it's not played in new york city so that movie could get a big bump on March 5th when it starts playing in New York City. I mean, it's Robert De Niro. He's Mr. New York. He lives in Tribeca. You, know, you put him on the marquee. Yeah. You put De Niro on the his name on the marquee in that AMC Times Square. That's That could be Bafa Bobo. So I think looking at this top 10... The War with Grandpa is the one that is poised to make a lot of New York dollars. Well, you know what the other one is? Um, The Croods. Because The Croods is not on a streamer. It is a $5.99 rental on iTunes. But, again, if it's not on a streaming service, most likely people will go to a theater instead. Mm Mm-hmm. So looking at just more of this news about New York City theaters opening, they are not going to um and there there was some there was some debate over whether they would require patrons to get rapid COVID tests on the way in because New York did open 
uh, some uh, the New York Knicks and the Brooklyn Nets basketball arenas for limited fan attendance. And to go there, you have to get a rapid test on the way in. So with the New York City movie theaters, you will not have to get that test. I do think this is something we talked about a while back. This is a, to me, it's a failure for some of these movie uh, uh, theater adjacent businesses like your newbie that could have really capitalized on branding the, the, the rapid COVID test experience in these theaters. You know, I think if New York City had required rapid COVID tests to go to a movie, you know, that is where a company like Nuvi could have could have placed advertising. They could have placed uh, digital virtual experiences there. So to me, that that hurts those companies. Um, you know, so maybe New York City wants to rethink that, not because even they feel like the tests are necessary, but just that it would be a way to sell more ads to these customers. Well, I got a question. Concessions. Yeah. What's going on with concessions? Right. It looks like they are going to be open. I feel like this; these articles would have said, um, would have said that they weren't open because the... The policies that they're enacting to ensure safety include uh, everyone has to be masked. AMC reopened what what it calls safe and clean policies and protocol developed in consultation with Clorox. So Clorox is getting branding in these movie theaters and Nuvi is not. So that is, you know, that's really getting edged out of your your territory there. Nuvi should have been the company that developed these cleaning protocols, not Clorox. Well, but does Nuvi have any sort of background in cleaning? It doesn't matter. What is Clorox giving you? It's like those bottles are mostly water anyway, especially the way people use them. They let it get to the bottom and then they fill it back up with water. It's like Nuvi could Nuvi could have just taken old Clorox bottles, put water in them, shake it up, and it's a Nuvi. I used cleaner. to do that with my mom's Clorox because I didn't want her to know I was using it. What you you were using Clorox for things that she would be upset let's not, about? Let's let's move on. So yeah, it looks like like concessions will be open. Um, the theaters are already pushing back and saying that they need a higher capacity in order to make money. I mean, obviously the the capacity is going to go up as time goes on. But yeah, movie theaters are coming back. This is huge. And this does bode well for the idea that come May you're going to have what starts to seem like a normal movie release schedule again. And you will have a summer movie well, because season. coming up, obviously we have Tom and Jerry yeah. this weekend. Nothing. Right. March 2nd. Or I guess that's not even a weekend. That's a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Never mind. Now the weekend after mm-hmm. March 5th, when New York will be opening, we do have three wide releases. Mm-hmm. 
we've got yeah and two of them are pretty big which is a focus feature when they say it's opening wide i think it's it's you know i guess it is opening wide because it's going to be a come play kind of situation right they just released this in as many theaters Mm -hmm. try to get some some moolah then we've got chaos Mm -hmm. walking which is a movie based on a video game being released by Lionsgate mm-hmm. to theaters only, starring Daisy Ridley and mm-hmm. Tom Holland. And the reason why. And it's directed by Doug Lyman. The I Repeat guy. And the mm-hmm. interesting thing about this is I had no clue that this movie was opening so soon. And I think one of the reasons is because Tom Holland has been making the rounds and all people are talking to him about is Spider-Man. Yep. So they are not doing a good job with with promoting this film because all I'm seeing is headlines about interviewers asking him for spoilers about Spider-Man. But I think that changes now that this movie is going to open up in New York City. Because why would you really spend a lot of time asking a movie star about a movie that is not going to be playing in New York City? But now that Chaos Walking, March 5th, is going to have New Yorkers, coastal elites, going to see it. I think that means that he's going to start getting a lot more questions. Well, about I it. think that's a movie that really is going to get a bump. I don't think, you know, I think New Yorkers go see movies. So this would be a movie that a decent amount of New Yorkers would go see just because it's a movie like us. Mm. We would just go see this movie because it's a movie. And you're looking at this weekend, right? right? So if we're we go to a movie, we used to go to at least one or two movies a week minimum we look at this what's coming out we go uh, we'll see chaos walking so we're gonna we're gonna see that 100 out of of the three wide releases we see that unless there is like an oscar movie that we haven't seen that's available that wasn't isn't available on a streamer we might see that instead but you're gonna see Mm -hmm. a lot of people just going to see any wide release and this is a new, yes. new wide release, so, which is going to make it even sexier. So this could get that New York bump. We're going to see the power of New York theaters on March 5th. Mm-hmm. Not full capacity, obviously, because it's 25%. Yeah. There's still going to be people that are nervous about it. But you're definitely going to see a big bump in in box office. I mean, next week's B.O. Boys will be the last episode we do in which we are not covering New York City box office. After next week's episode, we are back to covering New York. And that is Because we're gigantic. a New York show. Yes, we're New York drive time. Obviously, we're syndicated nationally, but broadcasting from New York City. That's the home base. You know, you see the B.O. Boys logo, the antenna, it's top mm-hmm. of the Empire State Building, and the signals going out yeah. from there. 
you know, our, our, the transformer that sends out our signal is at the top of the Empire State Building. So, yeah, so we're we're we're, we're going to be able to talk home homegrown stuff, which which is homegrown box office, which we're really excited about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, and then just again, the I, I think the bigger picture here is that obviously everything's pandemic related. The fact that vaccinations seem to be going at an okay clip right now and and the prediction is they'll you know really ramp up in the next few months i think this new york city opening is a sign that the movie theater business is really about to turn that corner and you know then you start looking ahead further down the line i think the next big date after that March 5th date of New York City theaters opening, the big date to look at is March 26th when you've got Godzilla versus Kong opening. That is still a Warner Brothers HBO Max day, you know, day and date release. And then Nobody, the Bob Odenkirk action movie opening March 26th only in theaters from Universal. And I think by that point in time, more people could be vaccinated or will be. New York is probably going to have more theater capacity. And that could be a relatively big, big weekend. And both of those films at the movies got moved mm-hmm. up recently. Nobody yes. got moved up in the last week. It was supposed to open, I believe, April 2nd. Correct, and now it is March twenty sixth. Mm-hmm. Godzilla had was supposed to come out further down the line. It is now opening March twenty sixth, and that all is pointing towards the theaters are going to be hopping, or at least beginning to hop, because nobody mm-hmm. is a Universal mm-hmm. film, and it's a movie that got that had a big Super Bowl ad that people really liked. So this is this is not a movie that they're sacrificing. This is a movie that they're looking to drive mm-hmm. customers to the theaters with. Same thing with Godzilla yep. versus Kong. So we're seeing right. not sacrifices or, you know, let's throw something at the wall and see if it sticks. We're seeing calculated these movies are being released on this day because we think the audience is there. Right. Yeah, so I think the next couple of months, some of the big dates are March 5th when New York City opens uh, its theaters and Chaos Walking opens March 26th, Nobody and Godzilla vs. Kong. And then I think the big, big one that we're going to be building towards is May 7th, Black Widow is still scheduled to open in theaters only as of now on that date. And then you look at that schedule, that is when the theater schedule looks completely back mm-hmm. to normal. Because if it holds, May has got a big movie every week. Um, It's got a bunch of big, big movies. So it's going to be a fascinating next couple of months well, here on the Even more, Boys. And, and not to, because we're going to talk about this when it happens, but this is this is a actual a, a very good sign, which it doesn't appear to be. But May seventh, Black Widow. But then May fourteenth, nothing big. 
Then May 21st, you got Free Guy and Spiral. But the but this is a right. release pattern that bodes well for box office because they want to give Black Widow leeway. They want to give it a runway, these other right. movies. But if it was still pandemic times, they'd say, well, it doesn't matter. We'll just put we'll just put Free Guy out on May 14th because it's going to be minimal box office anyway. No, they're they're saying Black Widow right. is going to be a hit. It's going to make millions and millions and millions of dollars. Right. Yeah, so I mean, this has been a huge episode. This has been a peak, but it's all comes back to what I said at the top of the episode. There are peaks and then we peak higher and then we peak higher and I think that is what the next few months are going to be is just a series of peaks because there are some giant movie box office weekends to cover. And New York is back. We're New York show. We're going to be able to cover the New York city movie theater openings from the, you know, right from where it is. We give you that local flavor that no other box office radio show could give you. We are the hometown box office show. Now, very quickly before we go, we did have some breaking news today about Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus is really trying mm-hmm. to clog up the pipeline with all these news stories, dropping all of this information about what Paramount Plus is going to look like on March 4th when it drops. But the one thing mm-hmm. that was important to us is that A Quiet Place Part 2 and Mission Impossible 7 will go to Paramount Plus 45 days after the theatrical release date. That is not as Mm -hmm. window-shattering as Universal's 17-day, but these are bigger movies. And Mm -hmm. this is interesting because 45 is half of 90, which is the original kind of window, right? So they're splitting this window in half. And that's interesting to me. Well, I mean, what's interesting is obviously the old window of a movie coming out and then you're waiting three months plus before it shows up on video or PVOD. I mean, that's done. You know, that that's that's obviously something that makes no sense anymore. But I think Paramount Plus or Paramount announcing this window is a great sign for box office because they are not doing the Warner media thing of like day and date release. You know, top gun isn't coming out in theaters and paramount plus the same day. Paramount is saying we plan to make a lot of money at the box office with these movies because 45 days, 30 to 45 days. That is where most Mm -hmm. big movies make the majority of their money. So they are expecting these movies to come out and to make hundreds of millions of dollars. And then they'll get them to their streamer quicker than they used to, but they are not, uh, they're, they're not doing like Warner brothers and just foregoing theatrical, not even close. So there's a, to me, that announcement is a great sign for the theatrical business. Oh yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting. And, you know, it's, I mean, these are two movies that we'll see in the theaters. Yes. 
else. Yes. So it won't, it, won't, it won't really matter for us, but for other people, it's, you know, there's some people that can't have access to theaters for whatever reason. It's nice to know that they'll be able to see these films and won't have to wait, like you said, 90, 90 100, to 120 days, something like that. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it, that's, that's great news all around. And listen, Tom Cruise was never going to, he was never going to let them pull some horse shit with his, his big movies. He was never going to let them pull a, a, a Wonder Woman 84 and throw his movies straight onto a streamer. No way. That wasn't going to happen. And it's good to, to, to see that be clear that it won't happen. Well, he's the gold standard. Yeah. Yeah. He sleeps with that every night. Yeah. He's out there saving the business. He's on phone with fucking producers. Yep. All day, every day. So, Pat. Well, I think we did yes. it. Yes. Oh, we definitely did it. Where can they Huge find us? Huge episode. I mean, email us at the Podcast at gmail.com. First of all, let us know what you thought of last week's War with Grandpa episode. We we love hearing uh, all the praise that we've been getting for it. A lot of great buzz on the social medias, but we'd love to see that just written out long form in an email. So email us, the Podcast at gmail.com. Also, let me know, do you know, let us know, do you know which one is Tom and which one is Jerry? Honestly, don't look it up. Don't Google it. Don't even look at the poster. Just base it on the knowledge you already had and just send us that email. Tell me which one is the cat, which one is the mouse, Tom or Jerry. And uh, again, the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. Take the Tom and Jerry quiz. Yeah. And um, got to hesitate to even open this can of worms. So last week... On the War with Grandpa show, I, of course, had to step away for a little bit because, uh, you know, when Robert De Niro called in, I happened to not be in in the studio while that call happened. If, uh, you know, our listeners know, I had to step away. The reason I had to step away is our episode had been going very long and it had been a while since it had been probably an hour and a half or so since I had been in the Jake Fogelness Patreon. And I needed to get in there just even for a few minutes so that I could visit the community that has saved me this past year. And that is the community that loves really cool, interesting things going on. The community that loves Squirt TV clips, Squirt TV full episodes, anecdotes about the making of Squirt TV. And so I I had to leave our show. And I mean, listen, I missed, I missed being able to talk to one of my heroes Robert De Niro, I had to end up missing that because I needed to get into the Jake Fogelness Patreon for a few minutes. And you know what? In retrospect, I don't regret my decision. 
See that I don't th- regret that's it. insane. I, I, and I, I that's worrisome to me. The worrisome part is that I had allowed myself to go so long without being in the Jake Volganess Patreon. And I corrected that this time. I knew we were going to have a long show. So I made sure to be in the Jake Folgeness Patreon pretty much the entirety of this day, right up until uh, we got on mic. I was in there so that I knew I'd be able to have this time and I wouldn't have to step away like I did last week. It's scary. So with all that said, I invite all of our listeners to join me on the Jake Folgeness Patreon. You will find an experience again, it's Jake Fogelnest sharing Squirt TV clips, episodes, anecdotes to a community that is uh, uh, interesting and unique and safe. And it will be an experience that you love so much that you are willing to give up these other things in your life such as I did last week when I gave up the chance to meet Robert De Niro and you will do so willingly and happily. So join me there. All right. So we did it, Pat. There's nothing left to say. Nope. Except till next time. We'll We'll smell you. The box box office. office. Nailed it.